It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Man, oh man, where can we even start today? I mean, (laughs) what a game, right? 24-23, Florida State opens the year now 2-0, beating LSU in the Superdome. Um, Ups and downs through the finish, uh, dominant through the whole game, and then... uh, Yeah, I want to say hold on to your butts towards the end, but it's a win, right? A blocked extra point is what gets the job done. Wow. Uh, We were just talking about it before we started. We felt like we could talk about this for two hours if we really had to. I mean, if we really could. We're not going to put you through that, but just so much to talk about in what is, uh, I think, would be an unforgettable game for Florida State and, and obviously a hopeful springboard for this program, something Mike Norvell talked about a lot. After the game, Jared first going as far as to say Florida State is back. And of course, we got to talk about Jordan Travis. So much to get to. It's a seminal rap crew. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Brian Pellerin, John Marchant, my uh my my game guy here, Max Scarpio as well. The three of us together. John, I uh, I know how Max felt about the game. I got the pleasure of sitting next to him while it happened. So I'll go to you first, dude. Where do you want to start? <laughs> Uh, we were just talking right before we started recording. We could do this for two and a half hours, and that's not a lie. I, <laughs> I could talk about this game for the entire length of that game. Um, first of all, I want to say it's super cool. It's amazing you guys got to go and be in the box for that to cover the game for Tomahawk Nation. Uh, so I appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, I hope you guys had had uh, the time of your life. Uh, I know <laughs> I did watching it. Uh, I'm super hungover this morning. Um, I'm sure a lot of Seminole Nation, uh, No Nation was. 
So, okay. I got a lot of things. I actually just finished my rewatch. I got a lot of things I could talk about. Uh, so I'm going to try to hit on all of them real quick. Um, first of all, we do have to start with Jordan Travis. That kid is unbelievable. I said it before the development that we were told he had last year. I never saw it, but I did this year. We talked about it uh, after the Duquesne game that it was obvious and it was going to translate to better opponents. And it, it did. Um, Travis is, his quick game. I mean, even, even LSU came after him. Right. And, and he was, he was hitting the hot reads. He was, you know, escaping, making plays. That was something that, that uh, Jane Daniels didn't do for LSU he was very elusive, very slippery, but he didn't have the same level of success as Travis did when he extended the play, finding an open receiver um, nearly as often as, as Travis did. Um, and if Travis can do that, man, you put together this, this run rushing attack and they were, man, they were so good against LSU, which is this LSU defensive front is going to be almost certainly the second best D line that they're going to see all year. Clemson's going to be better. Um, you have UF Miami, I think NC state, uh, right after them, but LSU is right there, right? And you put this rushing attack together, Travis's development in the passing game and the the upgraded receiver room. This is going to be a fun offense to watch. They're going to put up lots of points uh, this season, and it's it's. I mean, Travis is throwing dimes all night long, just yeah. one ridiculous throw after another. And this is the thing we talked last week too about how these receivers have so much better than they were last year in all aspects of their game, right. And blocking and route running and, and catching all this other stuff. And yet they still kind of let Travis down by leaving tons of yards and points on the field where he made some ridiculous throws. There's, I mean, uh, and I do have to give credit to Ontario. Will Pokey Wilson. I wasn't a big fan of his last season. This kid, two ridiculous touchdowns. Um, that one handed was just an all timer. Absolutely fantastic uh, night for him. Well, and and I put it in my uh, five questions, five answers response on like what stood out. I think I, I think the question I put in there was um, what was more impressive, the defensive performance or the receivers. And I went receivers. And, and the, one of the reasons was obviously Pokey's game. But I even put in like, I mean, like you mentioned, we, we were there. And in the second quarter, uh, it was third. And I want to say eight kind of late middle, like that maybe five minute mark. I, I got to look at my notes here. But Jordan rolled out right and Pokey came back to the ball. Like was he was crossing right to left, stopped on a dime and broke toward Jordan, like gave him a target and he was open, caught it immediately upfield, got nine yards, got a first down. And I was like, man, did they need that a year ago? So bad. Right. Obviously the one handed touchdown catches and things are great. But like you mentioned, I mean, they left so many yards on the field. It was just, it was really great from the receiving core, even when it wasn't perfect. Right. And that's the thing. Travis is not, he's not Joe Burrow. He's not Jameis. He's not that, that kind of guy, but when he can make some of these throws that he was making against LSU, this is the thing. Last year, we talked about this a lot is anytime they got behind the sticks, we felt like their drive was over. Right. We, we, we talked about it all last year. Don't, that's not the case anymore. Right. Because of his ability to extend these drives by, by converting on third downs, which he did over and over and over. I think they win like five, third downs in a row they converted in the, in the first half. Yeah. So he was real sharp. It was that throw to pokey for the touchdown that, that, that he caught one handed while he was getting destroyed in the face, Travis. 
but this, his second best throw of the night was the one where he threw it right over the seam, over the linebacker, under the LSU safety, and Ken McDonald dropped it. It's right there in his hands. That yeah. throw was absurd. So uh, if Travis can play at that level for the rest of the year, and, and again, if he can stay healthy, oh, man, this, this team's going to be – this offense is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um yeah. The, I could keep going forever. I, I have <laughs> offensive line. I got the play calling was excellent. Well, the, the defense was great. I mean, well, and, and I, I, so I was running the Twitter account last night and I put out, uh, and I had leaned over to, to, to Max and Tommy and Max, I'll, I'll let you weigh in on this one. And I, and I told you guys, was it probably in the mid third quarter? And I put it, and I tweeted it. It was just Jordan Travis made every single play he could to win the game. And it just felt like they, he was just going to make the play and we can get to the fumble in a second and all the things, the goal line that I don't really believe are his fault in the grand scheme of things. But Max, I mean, you couldn't have asked more from Travis. Yeah. And I'd like to, to hear John more because it seems like <laughs> he's been wanting to talk about the positives of Florida state. And he's, he's been waiting for this. <laughs> That's for right. A long time. <laughs> but yeah, it was great to see. Just like you said, that Cam McDonald pass was just ridiculous. I turned to you guys yesterday, and I was I just was just shocked. Another pass was the Johnny Wilson pass where he threw it over his shoulder, and Johnny Wilson dropped it. But just every single ball seemed to be there, seemed to be where only the receiver can get it. And the the, I mean, what two of them were almost deflected or something like that, but just perfect, a perfect game from him. And you saw his poise that you hadn't seen. His like his comfortability with the offense. Mm-hmm. One thing else that you that you noted a lot too, Max, was uh, was the leadership. I remember, I know, right after the game, um, you know, you, you and I, I think, right after the elevator ride down to the to the press room, you know, you were like, "I really hope they're not uh, thrilled with the win, right?" Because you were saying, I mean, obviously, look, a win is a win. That's great, but the way things ended, uh, you know, you were like, you, "You've got to kind of be." I wish the ending was a little better. And you noted that, that, you know, Jordan was quick to talk about that too. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things, because Norval came in and a lot of us thought that Norval was going to be the one that was not pissed, but just a little like this game should have came down to that ending, but he wasn't. And then you see Shaim, you see Ontario and obviously Jared verse, who's always going to be happy, always going to have a smile on his face came in and they were screaming four states back and they were screaming like they were super happy about the game. And then I was kind of disappointed because they just, LSU is not a great team. LSU is not going to be a great team this year. And that game should have been a bigger lead when it came down to it. But then Jordan Travis came in and he, you saw on his face that he wasn't disappointed, but he wasn't completely happy with the win. He was just, he said, it shouldn't have been this close, but a win is a win, and we're going to keep moving forward, which I'd love to see, and the fans love to see too because I tweeted it, and they they loved it. Yeah, it's the right attitude, right? I mean, it, as we talked about uh, during the game, I mean, it was uh, – it it felt like it was over. I mean, at three different points, you go up 14, uh, 14 points there, 24 to 10, and the LSU crowd in the Dome dwindled to next to nothing. And – uh 24 17 they forced the three and out you punt and they muff their second punt you pick it up at the what nine yard line so you ran it in but you were you, I, don't, I don't know if you either can't advance it or he was down or whatever it was uh 
but <laughs> it was over again. And the, the fumble there uh, certainly was shocking to see because it felt like worst case scenario, you were getting three to go up. That'd be 10. You'd been up 27, 17 with like less than a minute to go. It would have been over. And, and for that to flip on its head like that could have easily stunned everyone. But, you know, obviously that was Mike Norvell's message was to continue playing the next play, the next play, the next play, even if it's a tidal wave in your face. John, obviously you had a different perspective than us watching it at home, watching on TV. Um, I, I, I want to get through a lot of your positives, but I guess what was your feelings on that final 14 points at the the toss call at the goal line and and what ensued to eventually the the blocked extra point yes so if this team executed better yes this game would have been over a long time ago right if Florida State would have put up if they executed in every situational spot like you would want them to they would have put up almost 40 points right this game would have ended up being something like 38 to 17 or something like that yeah uh, for the pitch call at the goal line, I that had no problem with the call. Um, they had I actually McElroy tweeted this out earlier today, and I, I on my rewatch I looked for it, and he was right. FSU ran that exact play earlier in the game, and they just washed F, uh, LSU right off the ball, line of scrimmage, just five yards off. I think it was like a six yard play or something like that. And if you mm-hmm. look, go back and you look at the play again, if it's Ward right fumbled, if Ward doesn't fumble that, he's walking into the end zone. I mean, that's a touchdown and this game's over. So I don't have any problem with the call. Um, also didn't have any problem with the fourth down call. I wish they had, I pit, again, we talked, Pittman should have caught that fourth, uh, that touchdown on fourth down. It was, the ball was right there perfectly. Like Max said, only Pittman could get it. I wish they would have used Johnny Wilson because he's six foot seven. If you're going to throw a fade in the end zone, but, <laughs> but Pittman is your best receiver and the ball's right there and the defender has no play on it and you just have to catch it. So I didn't have any, I thought the play calling was excellent. I didn't have any issues, especially in the first half. I didn't have any issues with a lot of the calls that they made. Um, the, the staff Norvell or Atkins or anything like that. I just felt like Florida state should have executed better and they, they didn't, but, it, and again, you guys kind of touched on this. It's, it's a really good thing to win a game like this and still have things that you could work on. And that's great that that's what Norvell is focusing on. And that's what we've talked about, right? It's it's the it goes back to that same progress isn't linear, lose a lot, lose a little, mm-hmm. win but win a little, win a lot. And finally, it seems like one of these close ones bounced your way. Right. Um, but I mean, the guys talked about it last night that it wasn't really a bounce, I guess they would say, right? Because Verse mentioned it and, and I was in, in the scrum with Shaheem, and he was saying, you know, we knew when we took the field, we had a chance to block it. Obviously, they had the field goal block earlier. Um, but when they said that they, the way LSU lined up, uh, Shaheem kind of looked around and was like, they're not going to touch me. And, and, and Jared said, when they, when they snapped it, he felt three guys block him. And he had the thought like, okay, well, if three guys are blocking me. Somebody's clean. And sure enough, he was, and he was able to get a piece of it. Now Shaheem said he didn't look back at the ball, which I, I find hard to believe. He said he knew he got all of it. And I was like, well, hit the, hit, hit the crossbar. <laughs> I don't know if you got all of it, but uh, definitely uh, it was a play that, Florida state felt very confident in, and um, that is certainly not a facet of the game. You'd expect to have so much confidence in this field goal blocking, but I guess, you know, if you've got those guys, those big dudes out there and, and 
the speed they've got, that's a, that's a win for you. Otherwise, I mean, John, you mentioned the defense. I thought the D line was great. Um, Obviously Jared Burst on that first, obviously we've talked about him a bunch on the field goal block, but I mean, Jesus, the first play of the game, I know he lost contain, but LSU's left tackle was, was on his heels. I mean, he blew him up immediately. And from then on, I mean, I think I saw it from PFF. He had like a 90 pass rush grade or something like he was, he was absolutely not outmatched in his first power five, five power five game. No, definitely not. Ver, Ver, <laughs> you can't say enough good things about this kid. I, I said a lot of times, hey, he's not he's not Jermaine Johnson. He's not Jermaine Johnson. Man, that kid's pass rush ability is pretty much it's right there. Um, he he's not quite up to Jermaine Johnson's level of, of edge defending in the run game. Um, but and he did lose contain a couple of times against Daniels. But man, that kid's first step is just unbelievable. Like top 15 draft pick type athletic ability from verse. I'm expecting now big things from this kid this season. Um, he was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, the defensive line, we talked about, again, after the Duquesne game, because people are like, oh, well, the defensive line didn't look great. We said it on this pod. They were just loafing, right? They didn't give 100% effort against Duquesne, and we didn't think it was going to be an issue against LSU. Um, and that that was the case. Love it was absolutely fantastic. There was a couple of moments where he just was tossing LSU offensive linemen and again, I want to I want to reiterate, it's not just that FSU's offensive line played extremely well against what is probably the defensive line they're going to see all, all defensive front they're going to see all year. But FSU's defensive line also at times dominated LSU up front and harassed Jaden Daniels all night long. And that's equally impressive, right? I mean, Lovett was good. Uh, Briggs was good. Um, Robert Cooper was fantastic. They were just, and they did get worn down towards the end of the game, right? LSU kind of went on some long drives, but overall, man, the the defensive line was just, they were really, really fun. Um, I, I thought it was a great game plan by Adam Fuller. His blitz packages were good. Um, he definitely disrupted Daniels, uh, rattled him a little bit. Um, it's just, and Daniels is a good player. He's very slippery, um, but I thought he had a little bit of poor field vision. And I think Adam Fuller took advantage of that. Yeah, especially in the first half. I know at a point I leaned over to Max. I think it was late second quarter. He threw a pass out of bounds. And I was just like, oh, he so he, he does have an arm. He didn't throw it near anybody, but at least we know he is capable of throwing. He just wouldn't even throw it. I mean, that defense seemed to be smothering those receivers, though, right, Max? Yeah, and we <laughs> we talked about it. And we know what Kayshawn did after the game, what other receivers, how they reacted. So, it's obviously, they're not too happy about it. But Aside from the defensive backs, I wanted to talk about the linebackers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. A group, that, a group that everyone was so worried about. Everyone was, we need more players here. We need more instant impact. And right when you look at that, you see Tatum Bethune. Mm-hmm. From, the start, from the start of the game, he makes an incredible tackle. And then Kalen Deloach just, I mean, Kalen Deloach started, but it was just, Kalen Deloach's game was incredible last game. And it, both of them together just the linebacker room levels beyond what they were last year. Absolutely. I thought, I also thought Bethune was excellent against LSU and that kind of linebacker play we haven't had at Florida state in a long time. Yeah, it was, it was, I, Bethune was the one who jumped off the page for me. I think it's just looking like, I guess that guy, if I want to put air quotes on it, you know what I mean? I just, I, especially being on the field for the game, I was like, that dude is a player. You know, and, and Max, you and I talked about it walking around the sideline. Like, you can see guys who are, that's a guy. And, and you know, we, I think I specifically brought it up about Fabian, where you just looked at him like, that's a guy. 
uh, that was even before, you know, they even had pads and numbers on. I was like, I assume that's Fabian because he is, he is an NFL build type guy. And I, I felt like that was the look that uh, Tatum had. I, I going around the rest of the team, John, you kind of, you kind of patted ourselves on the back on a couple other things that, that we got right earlier. And uh, one of the things that I'd mentioned before, I know I had, I had LSU winning close, um, but the two things that I mentioned were the, the defensive line for LSU led by Mason Smith. Uh, he's was going to likely, he was a big candidate to break out this year on that LSU D line. He ended up tearing his ACL on that first series, maybe four plays into the game. Uh, so that was a huge help to not have to deal with that rush up the middle as much throughout the whole game. Uh, and the other thing, the other two things, and we, we kind of briefly touched on it, Keishon Bouti, uh, which pains me to say his name that way. He says that's how he says it, but it's Bouti or Bouti, that's how it should be, but that's Louisiana in my soul. I don't understand it, but it is what it is. Uh, he was quiet. I mean, you held them in check the whole game. You're worried about this LSU receiving core. And uh, as John mentioned, Adam Fuller did a great job of kind of scheming to, to Daniels' field vision. And the other thing that, that I mentioned was, LSU's center was having snapping issues and uh that first drive that was damn near seven nothing real quick and they snapped the ball about 15 yards over his head settled for three and instead of being down seven nothing a minute and a half two minutes into the game it's it's three nothing and you're right there and you're still in it I mean John you mentioned the fourth and two call that that was nearly a touchdown it felt like from that first LSU drive until four minutes to go in the game, Florida state dominated pretty much end to end. And I guess we, we talked about, they've made the next step and I don't know how much of the rest of this roster I feel like has really made that next step. And and I know people, I, our mentions, our mentions on Twitter went from fire Norvell. This guy's a, a mid-major coach, send him back to Memphis to we're going to the orange bowl on an extra point. So I, you know, everyone's kind of, thrilled and excited and I am right there I think this is a team that has every ability to fight for an ACC crown I don't quite think they're there but they sure can I mean John you got a TV on behind you man I see Clemson looks like they're going to half what's the score there behind you uh 14 to 3 and and DJ looks just as bad as he was last year I don't know how much longer they're gonna let him be the starter yeah and and you look around the rest of the ACC I mean I don't think anyone looked particularly impressive this week. I mean, Miami played, I, I forget, uh, was it BC? Maybe not Boston College, but yeah, uh, Cookman. And they, they were up, they won like by 70. But I mean, you know, they kind of played nobody. We'll see when they get their bigger games. I think they're at A&M in a couple of weeks, if it's not next week. But um, we'll see how they look. But I mean, NC State looked rough. I think they were East against ECU, and they, they won on a missed field goal at the end. ECU missed a chance to beat them. Uh, UNC to the wire with App State, um, Boston College. They they were the Rutgers loss. No, uh, yeah, but yeah, Boston College lost to Rutgers, and then Louisville got boat raced by Syracuse of all teams. Yeah, which so, I I mean I don't think anyone really looked particularly good outside of you, and if I I don't think this FSU roster is built to be an ACC champion, but this team goes as far as Jordan takes them. And if Jordan plays like he did yesterday, I don't see why they certainly couldn't. I mean, I, again, I don't want to change the expectation. I still think eight wins is it because you, you dominated a game last night. And if LSU goes for two, you might lose that game on a heartbreaker where 
that can't that you know that that type of success isn't going to always happen. But if they if that if this is what springboards a step in other places and the linebacking core plays like they did, Jared Verse is that kind of legit next to Fabian and the O-line bullies dudes around. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, you know, a little more consistency, a little more rhythm with the receivers. I I, I don't you got a puncher's chance in every game. And if you get hot and get some confidence, I believe in your team. Yeah. So okay. Um I threw a lot at John. He's ready yeah, to say no, that's fine. Bowl or bust. No, no, no. I, I'll get there, but I wanted to finish some of the things I, I thought about about the defense because I, I on the secondary, they were good. They did bust a couple coverages, but Daniels didn't see it. Yeah. Um so they, they have things to work on, but overall I thought they were very good. Uh yeah, Fuller took um Kayshawn out with the bracket coverage. They had a corner and a safety on him every play. I think he didn't catch his, his first pass until about five and a half minutes left in the game. Yeah. Um, so that game plan was just unbelievable. Um, but there's definitely things to work on. I, again, Jamie Robinson's good. Renardo green was good. Although he did look a little slow, but he, he I mean, the him and dent are just a really good safety tandem for FSU. I thought they played, played pretty well. Um, but getting into what you were talking about, so yes, the most surprising one to me, I mean, a lot of people look bad in week one. The most surprising one to me was Louisville, who Florida State's, I mean, they were off next, FSU's off next week, and then they'll play Louisville on a Friday night. Louisville looked terrible. Um, yeah. That was the most shocking one to me. But to your point, Brian, I think that Florida State is going to be a top three team in the conference this year. I, you know, I, I said, I think they win seven with eight being more likely than six. Right. Right. Now I think that you're looking at eight wins as the baseline and nine is well within reach. Let me put it that way. If you get a couple things bounce your way, you could hit 10. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but they are definitely going to be competitive with everybody on the roster as long as they come in focused. Um, this team can beat anyone on their schedule. I, again, it's not going to happen. They're going to drop a couple, but they could. Um, they have that capability uh, uh, 100%. So I said, <laughs> if we, I said if they beat LSU, I was going to come on here and lie. So uh, that's fine. I'm going to lie. They're going 12-0. and 0. Uh, They're going to crush. <laughs> they're going to crush. The coastal's terrible. I don't know who they're going to play. North Carolina, maybe that that Drake make it is really good. Um, so we'll crush North Carolina in the ACC title game, like say sixty three to three. How about that? Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Max's face, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they won't. But they're I mean, this team is going to be fun. This is going to be a fun year. They they're going to win eight or nine games, I think. That's what you ask for, right? That's what you'd want, right? Yeah. If I asked you before yeah. the year, just be fun. And I guess Max, question to you, man. They we talked about it a lot last night. We talked about it even walking, taking that press box elevator back up after the press conference. It was like they thoroughly dominated the game. They were up seven three and a half despite owning everything, and then they thoroughly dominated the large majority of the second half. And it came down to a block extra point. I guess they all played them, but it just seemed like I, I can't decide if the bounces went against them. You're not like even the bounces because they got the muff punts and, and everything. It was just like they should have just won by more. And I guess my fear is, are they the team that should have won by more? Which means they are 
getting in their own way from being as good as they possibly could be, or are they the team that should have won by more if they just make the two plays or the three plays they needed to win 41 to whatever? I think it was a mental aspect of they should have won by more, but just keep your foot on the gas and make sure that just like John said, that the defense got tired late in the half and they just made small mistakes that shouldn't be there. They've there. A lot of them are veterans right now and you can't make some of those mistakes. I wanted to talk about what those losses will be because we talked about an eight or nine win season and how weak the ACC is right now. So looking at that team, if Micah Pittman catches that, if Cam McDonald passes that, if some of those things happen, who would they lose to? Because right now you see them as one of the best in the ACC. If I'm sorry to say it, but one of the best in the ACC. And uh, there was little tweaks in that game that if they can if they can jump at that, and I think they will with Norvo and, and Fuller in the film room, that they can be one of the best in the ACC. See, my my the fear I do go back to is obviously they were able to get to Daniels with their pass rush and the blitzing. But like John said, there were receivers. And I and I one way is that's LSU's having great receivers and they're going to get open. But then my concern is if you're against a quarterback like TBD and the other great ones in this conference. Are they going to find that guy? Like, are they going to not let that busted coverage? Because Daniels, I mean, it was a, for the especially the first half was a one read and I'm gone. And for the most part, like John said, they were bracketing Kayshawn and he was the first look. And if it wasn't there, then that was it. Um, then in the second half, obviously, they started throwing it more and found success. But I, I worry how that translates. But again, is that just a simple of adjustment of you don't have to put two guys in bracket coverage on what's probably the best receiver in the country? And is that just the simple adjustment that happens that doesn't allow what happened at the end of the game? Yeah, well, I mean, if if TBD plays that game, if TBD is is in instead of Jaden Daniels, they just switch spots. Florida yeah. State's not winning that game, not even there. I wouldn't say not close, but Florida State is just not winning that game because you see the blown coverage on, on some of those LSU receivers. And I guess some of that had to do with Jamie, Akeem, Renardo, their focus on Jaden Daniels. I don't know if they talked about it with the Fuller or they talked about it with other, other coaches. I guess they were just so focused that what was it like the first two, three quarters, he barely attempted a pass over their heads. Yeah. So they were just so focused that when it came down to the fourth quarter, when it came down to the third quarter, they didn't even focus on those receivers because they probably thought he's not going to hit them. And then they kept moving forward. They kept moving forward. And then the gaps were opening for those receivers. They were just so big that, that Jaden obviously got to them. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I didn't think they played poorly. I mean, obviously I, I was writing the the five questions, five answers set up and I, and I put the defensive performance as, as a standout thing from the game. And I think it was just, they were very much blitz heavy early in the game and decided not to let LSU throw over their heads as the game went on and just keep it in front of you and force Jaden to make four good throws, three good throws to get a first down. And I mean, they had about three or four different third and, whatever fourth and whatever is right there on the last two drives to end the game. That just kind of LSU was able to get like one or two yards, just enough. Uh, John, what was your perspective on the um, final LSU 
one untimed down, even though there's a second, but not a second. Uh, <laughs> what was the explanation you got on TV? Because I, oh. the one the one we got in the dome from the ref was basically, yeah, he was down in bounds with one second, so the clock should run, but the clock should stop at a first down. And since we reviewed it, here's another play. Yeah, I I didn't really like. I thought the game should have been over. I didn't really understand the ruling. I. I, I, I think it was all hinged on the fact that it was the play with, before what got the first down. I think that was the difference because otherwise right. the clock would have continued to run. So the second the ref steps away from the ball, I mean, it was, that's it. Right. But I think the fact that it was a first down meant the clock stopped. And then the way they'd done the rules is, you know, the ref stands over the ball. They're given like four seconds or something to snap it as the ref backs out of the way, whatever. Uh Again, at the end of the day, look, I thought LSU was the more talented team. I came away after the game still believing LSU was the more talented team, but I thought Florida State was the better team. They had the better quarterback. Um, They just didn't execute as well as they should have to put the game away. And that's been an issue for a while. But again, I think this team is starting to learn. Um, So I'm okay with with all that. And it's like what Norvell said after the game. Florida state made the one play that it took to win and LSU did not. And that's, that's, that's it. You know, and I think Norvell was confident that Florida state would have won in overtime. Um, I actually kind of felt the same way. I think if it had gone to overtime, FSG would have been okay. Um, but again, because Travis is better and because FSU had success on the ground, I, they went on so many five, six minute drives against LSU. Yeah. Right. And then they were throwing haymakers like the, they you know, taking deep shots, like the flea flicker and some other things later on in the game. I mean, they wore this offensive line in this game plan wore down LSU's extremely good front. Yes. They lost Mason Smith. I feel bad for that kid. He's really, really, really good. Now he's out for the season. Um, Ojalar looked like he was going to be hurt, but he was okay. I think he's probably going to end up being a top 15, top 20 pick as rusher as well. Right, right. And then the um, I forgot his first name, but uh, gay number 11, I think, for LSU. Gay. On, yeah, yeah, on, on Travis. And he's out. He was one of their best edge defenders. So and you saw a lot of the game plan as again, FSU is just doing body shots right to, to LSU wearing them down. FSU ran tons and tons of counter, um, you know, making the defense move laterally, uh, dealing with, you know, moving gaps around. Uh, attacking LSU where they were weakest, and it warmed down. I mean, the whole thing worked. There was most of the game, FSU got whatever they wanted on offense, and that's really, really encouraging. I think that's an unbelievable job by the offensive line, by Alex Atkins, and the game plan and the play calling uh, that Atkins and Norville put together. Uh, I, I just can't say enough about it, and I think that kind of thing is is what's going to help Florida State throughout the season be not just competitive, but be in every game with a chance to win. Um, again, they're not all going to go your way, but I, I just, and, and this isn't me lying. I mean, I'll lie and say, hey, you know, FSU is going to go 12 and 0 and win the ACC, but um, really this is what I mean. And I'm not lying when I say that I'm really, really excited. This was everything I think you could hope for out of this game. Uh, again, they just need to execute better going forward. You just have to work on that. And one thing you said there that I really wanted to come back to was you said FSU made the play to win and LSU didn't. And I go back to it because they made the play. Like it wasn't, if LSU had just missed the extra point, 
Like that's one thing where right. I think it'd be like, wow, well, boy, we just stole that. But you actually made the play, right? Jared took on a, a double or triple team and freed up a guy to go in and block it. Something that they talked about was schemed up that they knew they'd have a gap to get through and they felt confident they'd have it. And they made a play as opposed to just LSU just missed it. The kid slipped or something, the bad snap to him. And I think that's important on that learning how to win that even on something as, as easy and straightforward as an extra point, if you make the right play, you can win and you can make it a winning play, even on something so simple and basic. Um, the other thing on what you said was I, I really expected LSU to go for two. Um, I wrote our instant recap from the game and I had written the FSU wins one probably in like the third quarter because it just, it's turning that way. And obviously I got to push public publish at triple zeros. So up two scores. And I was like, let me get that thing ready to go. Uh, LSU cut the ball back at the one. And I said, well, let me start working on a two point conversion attempt to gamer. And when they scored, I fully expected them to go for two. You just ran a play from the two yard line to win the game and you, or to, I guess, tie the game and you got it. I, I couldn't imagine you didn't have a second play in that play sheet. It wasn't like Daniels was under pressure. He had all day to stand there and look around and make that throw for the touchdown. I, I was surprised they went for it, but, or they went for the extra point. But at that point, I too felt pretty confident that FSU would win that because they had the better quarterback. The way Jordan was playing, if I was LSU, I wouldn't have given the ball back. I couldn't imagine being like, let's go 25 yard line for 25 yard line against Jordan, the way he was playing. I mean, the, I, I think if last year if we'd had this conversation and you were like, Oh man, we'd have gone overtime. We'd have gotten smoked immediately. But right. I, I think there was just a level of confidence that I was like, when they trotted the kicking unit out there, I was like, I think he's going to win this in overtime. And then obviously we didn't even get there, but I, Max, did you feel that kind of same way that that confidence level? I honestly didn't because in that last drive, Jane Daniels kept getting that, having that success with his receivers. And I saw the momentum build towards LSU. So I was kind of scared for them to go for two, kind of scared to go into overtime because of the momentum they had, because their crowd finally erupted in the fourth quarter to see what the eight of them that were still there (laughs) to see the emotions that they're going to have. The tiger fans are going to have. So well, I kind of made fun of them there, right? With the all, all eight of them that were still in attendance, but that was one other thing, too, I think that helped in the confidence level was, I mean, Max and I talked about it on the field before the game and looking around, it felt it felt like it was going to be 60-40 LSU favor crowd. And, I mean, I'm sure plenty of you listening to this were there. It was maybe more 55-45 and pretty darn close to 50-50. Uh, they went up 14, and I know at that point a ton of LSU fans left, and uh, I think if you go to overtime, it's the FSU side of the field. And I tweeted out the video of it was full. Uh, you can't see the LSU sideline from, from our vantage point. Uh, I mean, unless I stood up, which I didn't because I wasn't trying to make a scene and taking the video, but, uh, th- there were a lot of empty chairs on the LSU side as, as they just said, you know what, I'm just going to take the drive home. Uh, I think that would have helped as well in, in that momentum resetting, I, I think obviously there'll be some shock, but I mean, you're going to, you got to go for a coin toss a TV timeout. And I think that reset could have helped that a lot in the confidence. Max, you got your voice back. Go ahead. 
Um, so I'll jump in real quick. Uh, hopefully it's all right. So, um, Borkin, I guess my, the Borkin I guess, had a long drive back to Tallahassee today, dealing with all of you, you hungover idiots stuck in traffic along, along <laughs> I-10. So give him a break. Yeah. Um, Go ahead, John. But so I guess my final thoughts really are kind of, um, again, the developments there that we hadn't seen since Jimbo Fisher's era. Um, this team is obviously, again, they developed them all across the board. I think you can't give enough uh, Norvell enough credit for what he's done in the transfer portal. I likened it to uh, the FSU free agency. It's kind of a lottery. You're just not really sure. Some kids are going to work out. Some aren't, but all of these kids seem to have uh, be contributors. It's just an excellent, excellent job. And then, and then bringing them together, right. And, and, and putting, making them a team with so many new kids coming in. It's just an unbelievable job. Um, by Norvell and Atkins and some of the rest of the staff. I, I think that, um, again, we, we talked about this is, this is what I said after the Duquesne game, this is the game that you needed to win to show recruits, right? You're in that catch 22 of you want to win these types of games and, and go actually go 12 and 0. you need the types of recruits that like LSU has those types of players, but you can't do it until you win games like these. So you, again, the development and, and the, getting better every single day, the quote unquote climb and all that stuff. It's obviously working and hopefully they can continue to get better as the year goes on. Um, but so far the results are pretty good. What was it two and over for the first time since I think it's 2016. Yeah. That's the, yeah, that's unbelievable. So Norvell, he's a good coach. He just needs better talent. And yeah, some of it's his fault. You know, you could say that there's too much dead weight on the staff. They're not recruiting like they should. Um, but, I mean, again, FSU was in such a deep hole after Willie Taggart. It it takes a long time to. This is year three for Norvell, and it takes a long time to bring this this program all the way back from from where they're at. And I I don't know anyone at this point now who should be upset by Norvell. And this doesn't again. We can't say yet what's going to happen. He may not be able to get the type of talent. Right. Going back to what you said, Brian, about you know the lose a lot, uh, lose a little, win a little, win a lot this is the win a little year. And they did that against LSU in order to win by a lot, like to be join join Clemson or what they were a couple of years ago with Trevor Lawrence to be Alabama, to be Georgia and win those types of games. You have to have 60% blue chip players. And I think FSU's right now is like 30%. And so I don't know if Norvell's ever going to get there, but I do know that he's going to leave Florida state a much better program than when he found it. Yeah, and I guess to go into the point, a couple of the, the final thoughts here, I guess, on, on my perspective was I'm interested interested to see what this LSU team looks like. Um, did you catch them at a bad time? Are they bad? Are, did you, are they going to gel and, and be a surprisingly good win on your resume by the end of the year? I mean, I don't, I don't think we're talking playoff resumes, but, you know, I think when it comes to, to rankings, potential – maybe at large near six bids. I mean, you know, like something like Pitt was there last year, you know, could you, could you linger in that realm? Um, and then how much does that propel you? But honestly, none of that's really going to end up mattering. The thing that I think made the most difference yesterday was that the win gave me the feelings of, and, and I know Jared verse said, you know, Florida state is back. And I don't know if Florida state, the football team is back, but it sure felt like Florida State, the 
the brand was back. Like it felt like there was some, some uh, cockiness to it. Like it felt like there was some spunk behind being a Florida state fan yesterday and today on Twitter and uh, being in the dome. Like you, I, I felt there was okay. Okay. We can do this. The things are growing. And, and I think that's been missing a lot. Yeah, I would agree. I, I, that confidence is definitely there. You saw it. I mean, again, the special teams was tremendous. Fitzgerald, the kicker was, was that was very poor for Florida state. The yeah, special right, right. teams was, I mean, they were excellent in all three phases. And again, they had some, some areas where they need to execute better, but that's true of all teams. But yeah, the confidence was there. And again, I think the future is, is, is bright. I don't know how bright it's going to get under Novell unless they can improve the talent level of this team. And again, hopefully games like this, the, you know, springboard that's you get up to 50, 55% uh, blue chip players and start winning 10, 11 uh, games a year, but everything looks great. So um, let me pop it up back over to Max. Hopefully he's okay now uh, so he can finish his thought. I think I just completely agree with what John said about the transfers. It's hard to bring in that many guys. There's some teams that that brought in maybe one, two, three transfers. So what does Florida State bring in, like 15 or 16? And it's really hard to gel them together. Like he said, they're all a team right now. And there were so many veterans in there to just bring them in and say, you're going to produce from the start, like Jared Verse, Micah Pittman, Johnny Wilson. It's incredible to see. And that's, I mean, that's one of Mike Norvo's magic tricks is bringing in these transfers and, and making them produce from the start. And I think that's going to, that's going to keep helping him propel to, to what looks like a, a nine, maybe eight win season. Yeah, and but, I think the best part. Go ahead, John. So I was, I was just going to say uh, to build up what Max's point was because I think it's an excellent point. Is um, you know, Wake Forest is not very high in the team talent composite rankings, right? I think they're in this in the sixties, but they're a good team, and they they stomped FSU last year, right? Or they beat them pretty good. Um, they're a good team. You know, they won the ACC recently. So, uh, uh, right? Didn't they? I think they did. So anyway, they're a good team, but but that's what the development gets you, right? And if you can get these kinds of kids and the transfers and you build a team, I mean, 30%, you can stretch a little bit farther. That's what Wake Forest, their whole program is what they do. Um, even if you end up redshirting a bunch of kids until you got 20 super seniors uh, <laughs> on, that start for you. But so, yeah, I think um, it's just a phenomenal job. It really is all around. It was such a fun game. Uh, I arguably had too much fun and I wasn't even <laughs> on Bourbon street. So, uh, but no, I'm a man. How, what more could you ask for? Honestly, you really, you really couldn't have asked for more. Uh, I guess put them away early, but then, you know, you don't get, you want the thrilling win, I guess at the end of the day, at least you get the win, take it how you get it. And thrilling is always better than just a loss. So I, right. I understand it. Maybe it wasn't the way it was supposed to go, but you made the play. You got the win. You're two and zero. You do get the bye week next week, so we'll find a fun way to bring you something for next Monday. Uh, appreciate you guys giving us an extra day for the Labor Day bump here to drop this for you on a Tuesday. Uh, we will have something for you heading into Louisville. Two weeks or was it like eleven days away? Because it's a Friday night game. 
Uh, we'll drop that one again on Monday, as I'm sure, like normal. But a, a certainly a a fun way to start the year. Uh, Ten games to go, and FSU looks uh, in a pretty good position to hopefully make that bowl game and and maybe more. But for now, for Brian, John, and Max, that's a wrap. 